Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery. And I'm Mary Thompson-Hunt, and welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart. Hello, Mary. Hi, Joshua. So good to see you. Feels like it's been a while. I know. I think it has. We were off last week. Why? Was it me? Probably. I think you were away. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure we had a a great repeat show that our listeners could listen to because we always have great stories. So we uh, usually spend some time kind of talking about the week and and what cool art experiences we've seen out there and, and have a chance to catch up. But today we have so many great guests and so many great organizations to talk to, we're just going to jump right in. Let's do that. I'm do very excited. Do you feel excited. okay about that? I feel very okay about it. Look at these people here. Oh my goodness. It's like if a candy store. If only you could store. see them. They're all so wonderful and beautiful. So on the show today, we are talking all about Orange County Public Schools and their amazing arts programming. And I know um, one of our guests who leads it is going to be telling you all of the fun facts that were shared with all of the arts teachers as the new school year launched. But it was really, really fantastic and overwhelming, really, how this school system, the Orange County Public Schools, is really leading the way in so many different uh, arenas. But on the show, in this first segment, we have um, several of the partners uh, organizations that work alongside Orange County Public Schools. We have, um, first of all, we have Scott Evans, who is the Senior Administrator for Visual and Performing Arts for Orange County Public Schools. And Scott's been with us before. And Scott has. Yeah, yeah, with, with Mary Palmer and mm-hmm. somebody else. Who else, Scott, was Debbie with? Debbie Feeney. Debbie That's Feeney. Right. That's right. That was yeah. right. It was such a fun show. We have LaVon Bracy Davis. She is the uh, Director of Community Arts Programming for the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts. We have Vicki Landon, and, Ch- Landon, and she is the uh, Development Director for the Orlando Rep. And then we have uh, Leah Barrett, who is the Director of Education for the Orlando Philharmonic. We have uh, Deirdre Miles Berger. Did I say that right? Close. <laughs> <laughs> Correct me. What? It's such a beautiful name. Deirdre. Deirdre. I just know you as Dee Dee. So Deirdre Miles Berger, who is the Director of the Orlando Ballet School. So welcome to all of you and so glad that you're on the show. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Awesome. So, Scott, tell us all about why these people around uh, this table on the show today are so important to you. Oh, these are our friends. These are OCPS Arts friends. And, you know, we have such amazing arts programs in our school district. Um, We've got over 145,000 students enrolled in arts courses. We have 100% of our schools have uh, arts opportunities for students. They're led by certified arts teachers. So we have a thriving arts community in the school district. Say that one more time, Scott. You have 100% arts access to every student in Orange County Public Schools. Is every, that right? Every student has access. Wow, that's 145,000 arts students, too. Isn't that incredible? That's and amazing. how different yeah. is that, or how does that compare to other um, counties in the, or other school systems in the state of Florida and across sure. the country? Well, we usually compare ourselves to the largest five districts, and we are the highest percentage of enrollment out of any of the five large urban districts. And then in the state... I think the state average is about 52 or 53 percent, and we're at 62 percent, 63 percent of our student population enrolled in arts courses. Did it take a lot of work to get it to that number? Absolutely. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, a lot of that work came from the community, really. I mean, it really was a lot of community advocacy, um, saying from the outside how much they want to make sure our kids have access to the arts. And then we have an incredible school board, an incredible superintendent who all 
value the arts incredibly and wanted to make sure that every kid had access. And so now you're seeing the fruits of that labor. Oh, wow. Yeah, and there was a there was a, a tax that was passed, right? Mm-hmm. That was really led by the school board. Correct. That really yeah. helped with some more funding. Yeah, the millage millage increase, which uh-huh. was passed twice uh, by great margins in Orange County, which says a lot about the value that um, the community puts on arts in our schools. And it was uh, has really helped us make sure that we can propel our arts programs beyond what what is typical in most districts. What was the biggest challenge getting that even to be voted on? Or was it? It really wasn't, which was amazing. Yeah, it it really says a lot about, I think, that this community really knows how important the arts are to kids and to families and to the community in general. So it really was not a... Not a challenge. And we're in a very creative community, too, are. with a yeah, lot of are. parks yeah. and well, creatives. And, yeah. and beyond the partnerships and the support of the, of the school board, you also have, we have a big a principal's breakfast every mm-hmm. single year where all of the principals are come, come together and are honored for their work and their support in their schools of the arts. That's probably pretty rare, too, isn't Absolutely, it? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's a great way to make sure that they know that we, we appreciate and value what they're doing to make sure arts are in our schools. Oh. So yeah. tell us about uh, just kind of in high level what these partnerships mean to Orange County Public Schools with the local community arts organizations. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we're so proud of is that we, we're about um, tearing down barriers, and we know that lots of students have um, things that get in their way of being able to attend live arts experiences in the community. Um, and so we're about making sure that every one of our students has the ability and the opportunity to experience live arts. We have incredible organizations in our community that present beautiful artistic opportunities, and we want to make sure kids can get to those things. And so what we do is we partner with the Orlando Philharmonic Orchestra, the Orlando Ballet, the Orlando Repertory Theater, and the Dr. Phillips Center to make sure that kids get access. And we have had uh, over 90,000 students, or will have this year alone, 90,000 students attend arts experience. And that is at no cost to the school. Um, And it's really, so there's no hurdles. Every single student is required to attend. That's 90,000 students. That's, it's 2,470 buses. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, each year, basically between uh, September and December. All of that occurs between September and December. Walking report of statistics. Yes, that is my thing. So I know that uh, in the mayor's video at at the State of the Arts Uh address, he was saying that one of his greatest joys is to look out his window and see all the school buses Mm. lined up at the Dr. Phillips Center uh, Mm. when the students are coming. So, so uh, Vicky, tell us uh, why is this partnership with the school system? Uh, really important to the rep, and what is your involvement in this? Well, I think primarily, you know, Orlando Repertory Theater's mission is to reach families with young children and give them arts experiences and theatrical experiences in our community. Um, So when we were first approached um, by OCPS and by Walt Disney World and George Caligritis at Disney about providing a live theatrical experience for all eighth graders in Orange County, how could we say anything but yes, just an overwhelming yes, um, you know, for us, the the heart of what we do is helping children find their voice and see themselves represented on stage and feel empowered through being exposed to live theater and having a live professional performance by our performing our theater for young audiences company. It, it just meant the world. So we talked a lot about title when this first started. We talked a lot about what sort of presentation would be ideal for these students in this population. And we came really quickly around to The Giver, Mm. uh, which is a movie some of you may have seen in the past few years. It's a book some of you or your families may have read, but it is part of the eighth grade reading curriculum for Orange County Public Schools. Um, So at The Rep, we believe really strongly it's 
you know, there's three different degrees of arts engagement for students. There's arts for art's sake. Let's go see a live theatrical performance to see it. Uh, There's arts integration. Let's talk about how you can use art to teach other subjects and other curriculum. And then there's also arts instruction. Let's teach you how to put on a play or how to paint a painting. And so for us, it was a really good blend of these where we could have students we knew reading the story and familiarizing themselves with it in the classroom or at home ahead of time and then coming and seeing this story come to life on stage, that it would be much more impactful than just coming to see a show that you Mm. might otherwise. Vicki, why eighth grade? What's significant about that age? Well, Scott's probably better equipped to answer that than I am. You know, um, for us, we knew that was a population that was in need of being served. So ah. at, at the rep, we focus a lot on elementary and middle school age students. And we know there's certain programming for high schoolers. Um, but I, from what I understand is with regards to this program, eighth graders were the big area of opportunity. There you go. Um, and try to find something that's really age appropriate, but also will help enrich them and broaden them in some way was really important. Hmm. That's amazing. And Vicki, you uh, and and your whole team over at the Land Repertory Theater are really leading the way and, and in our community when it comes to families and students and community arts and, and professional theater and all the things that you talked about. And I love how you broke it down into scene art for art's sake, arts integration, and then arts instruction. Are you able to um, see all three of those things um, happen through this through this partnership? Absolutely. And how do you do how do you see that? One thing that was really, really key for us when we first came on board with this project is, you know, for all of our performances that the rep does during the school year, we develop a full teacher resource guide. Mm. And it was really important for us that our education staff be able to generate that same guide for the giver. And so it's a multi-page PDF. It's available for free download on our website by any teacher or homeschool teacher or parent. And it has a play synopsis of the story so that children can familiarize themselves with the story. Although we would hope in this case, everyone's already read The Giver before coming to see it. Um, we've got classroom activities, a word wall, bell work, um, examples of ways that you can use the story of The Giver to enrich your science curriculum or your social studies curriculum. What's a word wall? A word wall is, uh, think of an old word match. So you've got two columns of words and their definitions when you're teaching kids vocabulary. And they would draw connections and physical lines between the mm-hmm. two. Um, so really the goal for us was to make it a really deep and enriching experience. And so we went forward and created this resource guide for the giver as well. Uh, the hope being that all of the teachers in the eighth grade in Orange County Public Schools would be able to utilize it. And that all of it is tied directly into state and national standards. So all of the standards, all of the cluster numbers, everything that you need for your documentation as an educator is provided in the guide as well. That's Beautiful. amazing. And I, I can't even imagine for you uh, when you see this happen and you see that the Dr. Phillips Center fill up with all of these eighth graders, it's got to be this overwhelming sense of, of, of pride of the work that you're doing. How many students would you say, and you don't, I'm sure you don't have an exact number, but how many of those students would not be able to or have never seen professional theater before they had this opportunity with you? You know, we do a lot of work with Title I schools at Orlando Rep. And whenever we reach out to these individuals and these teachers and we ask them, well, how has this experience been for your classroom? A hundred percent of these Title I school teachers respond to us that their students would never, never otherwise have an opportunity oh. to see a live performance. Um, we have stories of children telling their parents, we need to get a haircut or a new shirt mm. because I'm going to the theater oh, for the first that. time. You know? I love that. Um, 
And it's a testament to, to the beautiful property that we have downtown at the Dr. Phillips Center when you have children walking in the door and they are wowed and overwhelmed just by the sense of the space. Mm. That's awesome. And I, I have seen that firsthand, Leah, because mm-hmm. with the Orlando Philharmonic, because I have a niece who um, every year when, when it's time for her to go to see the Philharmonic, she wants Uncle Josh to be her chaperone to go with her. So I've gone for several years and she loves to get dressed up and it's just a big deal for her. And I remember this was when it was at the Bob Carr still, even before we moved over to the Dr. Phillips Center. Um, the, the Philharmonic played is like the William Tell Overture, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, and every single sixth grader, was it sixth grade then or third grade, third grade. Oh gosh, my years are all off. It's the, Every single third grader was bouncing up and down in their chairs all over the entire theater. It was amazing. So what does the Philharmonic uh, bring to this program? So um, we present programs in third through fifth grade. And essentially, um, all second graders have gone to a ballet. And then once they um, come to see us at the Bob Carr still, although we are eagerly awaiting the Steinmetz Hall coming Mm -hmm. soon, Um, they see a variety of orchestral works. When we put it together, um, what I like to think of it as is um, amazing orchestral music in kid-sized bites. And so we find the pieces that really make our musicians passionate, that make our teachers passionate, that we find passionate, that really lit a spark for us. And we make sure to provide a lot of music that can reach many students on many different levels. And then uh, we actually engage um, Scott's elementary music teachers to create several of our guidebook portions. And for lack of a better word, I serve as an editor, kind of filling those in. And uh, each of these teachers has their own unique personality in how they create lessons. So we might have something that you would expect to have with a music curriculum where it's active listening, where they listen to a piece and then they talk about it um, in a very uh, critical way to a very elaborate dance choreography. Um, there are a couple music teachers who are incredible at creating well-known works like the William Tell mm-hmm. Overture and creating very funny dialogues that teach the kids a little bit about the background with the piece. And so um, we are so privileged to be able to be a part of the order of instruction for the elementary music teachers. And I don't know of any other orchestra who has that incredible opportunity. Mm, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And you also serve really as an educator at the concerts, right, Leah? I remember you being up, telling, uh, taking us on a journey. You know, um, we we had for one year, um, I served as the, as the narrator to help bring us through the show. And we wanted to really have an extra level of engagement and also take a little bit of pressure off of our conductors because having to come up with a concert, conduct the concert, talk to the kids, it can get a little hairy sometimes. <laughs> and so the first thing we did was look at the program and say, well, we really want to have an engaging narrator who, who can really relate to these children. And at the time, I went to Gary Cadwallader, who's the director of education for the rep, and I said, I really need a fabulous uh, music narrator who also is a musician. He says, I know exactly who you should go to. And so we... We have a narrator who basically has a conversation with our conductor. 
And this year we're also going to include uh, having our artists be a part of that conversation as well so the kids can get a lot of really cool aspects in the concert. That's we're awesome. going to get to hear a little bit more about this. I can't wait. Thank you so much for being here, but we're going to be right back. And thank you for listening. We are From the Heart on Magic 107.7 FM. Welcome back, listeners, to Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. I'm Joshua Vickery here with my beautiful and wonderful and talented co-host, Mary Thompson Hunt, who I adore. Hope you're having a great Sunday night. Uh, We are having such a good show and a good conversation uh, about partnerships in our arts community between Orange County Public Schools and some of our staple arts organizations. And on the show today, we have Deirdre Berger, Miles Berger from Orlando Ballet. We have Leah Barrett from the Orlando Philharmonic, Vicki Landon from the Orlando Repertory Theater, LaVon Bracey Davis from the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts, and Scott Evans from Orange County Public Schools. And we've already been talking about the Orlando Rep and about the Orlando Philharmonic and how they are a part of this collaboration and part of this partnership and both doing such great work. You know it's, what I had thought of earlier? Yeah. That so much of what we talk about here is how the arts help children learn how to collaborate yeah. and helps humanity get together and collaborate. But they are this in action. Look at these arts leaders collaborating with each other to make mm-hmm. it all happen. Absolutely. And I think it's great, too, that even uh, when you were getting the program started, you reached out to the Orlando Rep. Uh, Leah just say, hey, we need some help even <laughs> to pull off the Orlando Philharmonic uh, concert. So it is all about collaborations. So, LaVon, uh, tell us why this is important uh, to the Dr. Phillips Center. And as the director of community arts programming, uh, what what part of this are you championing? Well, first of all, it was it's a privilege and a pleasure to be here. And it's a privilege and a pleasure um, to hear all of this art and how a lot of it takes place at the Dr. Phillips Center. So that's pretty cool to hear. Um, so in, in hearing you talking about the eighth graders and you're talking about the third graders, um, the Dr. Phillips Center has partnered with Orange County Public Schools for a um, program called Sixth and Jazz, which is a mm. pretty good and pretty uh, exciting initiative. Sixth and Jazz is where 15,000 sixth graders will be able to come to the Dr. Phillips Center and they will experience a show called Let Freedom Ring. But before the show, before the actual performance, there is a, um, a study guide, a comprehensive study guide that talks about um, the jazz music and how jazz fuses with the civil rights movement and how mm. civil rights affected jazz and how jazz affected the civil rights movement and how the music is intertwined. So um, there's a study before they even go to the performance in November, there is a um, a full study on jazz musicians and the civil rights movement and some key events in the civil rights movement, like the I Have a Dream speech. The mm. In the curriculum, the I Have a Dream speech is, is uh, detailed. There's lots of study that goes on with what's what's happening with the, what happened with the civil rights movement. So it's a great a great initiative, a great partnership. We're excited to partner with Orange County Public Schools and just with my colleagues here, we're excited to be the home or the stage for all of these wonderful artistic efforts. 
So do you guys get super excited when you see all those buses pull up? We do. We, yeah. we do. It's a, it's a, a pretty cool thing, um, especially for the giver when they're all lined up. You know, the mayor is looking from his balcony and we're looking from our, our offices on how fabulous it is. And then the faces. Um, someone made mention of when the students walk in the door. And I, I work there. And when I walk in the door, sometimes I'm still in awe. So just for the students to have that experience, to walk in those doors and um, to sit in that audience and to experience um what all that Dr. Phillips has to offer and what all the, the in this case, our jazz orchestra and the giver and ballet and all of the wonderful art forms have to offer. So it's just a really um, well-rounded, exciting experience. It really does change lives. It does. The impression it makes, we'll tell the story once again, we were both there, <laughs> of a young boy when we were doing one of the workshops with the Woodwinds. Uh, it was Peter and the Wolf. And it was a symphony storytime program, and Mary had come in to be our narrator for Peter and the Wolf. And we were at Winter Park Day Nursery, one of our favorite partnerships. Mm. And we always introduce each of the families of the instrument, and this is with really, really young kids, two, three, four years old. And um, our principal oboist, Jamie Streffler, stood up and played the oboe, and all of a sudden this little boy, this beautiful little boy, just stood up a little bit straighter and every time she would play a note, he would just, he would turn to her. And, and it was go, a, wow. whoa! <laughs> it was this resounding sound out of this little child. Like, it woke something viscerally up in him, and he made that sound. <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely adorable. And it's, it's so much, it's so important to our musicians to do this t- kind of work. It's infectious mm. how much our musicians and our artists just, um, they get as much out of it as the children do. It's how they refill their well, their artistic well every year. Mm. If we as adults could have that same grace that kids do when we first hear the Philharmonic play the first beat, I'd love to just <laughs> sit up and scream, whoa, that was so good. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, uh, Deirdre, tell us about uh, the Orlando Ballet and the Orlando Ballet School and their role in this partnership. Well, we're incredibly honored that the very first experience that the children from the Orange County Public Schools have when they're in second grade is to come to the Dr. Phillips Center and see the ballet. And as everybody else was saying, it's so terrific to see how the children are so in awe of something that they, uh, I think that they have a preconceived idea of, of, but they've not ever seen in reality. And for these little children to see that not only, I think so many of them have the idea that ballet is just for girls and twirling (laughs) around and they see that it can be athletic and it can tell a story and music is involved and it's a, and if for what we prepare for them is a fully produced production, I think as everybody else does, Mm -hmm. and it's magical and it really, Absolutely, it changes lives. And it also introduces them to dance. In the year before, we do a program when they're in third grade where they can actually get some instruction in dance, which we do with, within the, the Orange County Public Schools in our STEPS program. Mm. So, Deirdre, do you think or have you heard of any young lady or young man who, have, who has come in second grade uh, and and seen the ballet and said, I really want to try that, and then come to the school? Absolutely. Uh, we see, hear that quite often. Oh, my first experience was when I went to 
see such and such production and and it really is it's wonderful for us to be able to provide that and not only do we introduce them to dance for themselves to potentially take lessons but also to become audience members Mm. Have any of them ever grown up to want to do it professionally, or have you been around Absolutely. them long enough to see them go professional? Absolutely. That's lovely. That's really cool. And you know, the thing about it is, and, and this is really giving them an avenue to know that there is something that they can go and reach for, because a lot of these students, especially in the Title I schools, might not have ever even experienced or be able to experience a symphony or theater or the ballet or any of those types of things. I was literally... This is a really bad story. I can't believe I'm going to tell it, but it's still funny. I was literally in the Waffle House last night. In the Waffle House. I love Waffle House, by the way. I, oh, I can tear up some That's biscuits. That's the part you shouldn't have admitted. No. Go on. <laughs> and this little girl, she was so sweet and so cute. And she she was just dancing around the Waffle House. I mean, just having a good old time. And she was really dancing. Not just kind of, but she was maybe five or six years old. And so we started talking to the mom. And you know, and she, the mom was saying, oh, she just loves to dance. She she dances around the house all the time. I don't think she really knows what she's doing, but I know that she knows that she wants to be a dancer. Wow. And so we invited her to our programs and all of that. Oh, and that's so great. you just think about giving them just the opportunity or letting families know there is there is outlets out there for your kids and your students to explore and to get a glimpse of something that they might actually love doing or even become a career. And in our in our uh, community, especially thanks to you, there's for everybody, everyone can afford it somewhere. Yeah, and that's important to know because people think I don't have money for it, but there are places where they do it on a sliding scale, and people will will help you. That's one of the beautiful things about our arts community is that all of us work together to make sure that if people really want to be a part of the arts, we will figure out a way to make it happen. So mm-hmm. I think all of us have that arts for all underlying mission in our in our organizations, and it I just helps. think that's a beautiful thing about this particular arts community. I think the discipline you get out of it helps you in the other areas of your life. And I remember in school, if it weren't for the arts, I probably wouldn't have done as well because I had to keep a certain average to be in any play or, or band mm-hmm. I was ever in, and I did. Mm. But it was also because that's what I had to do to to play my instrument and be in plays. Mm. So Vicki, if, if anybody knows students and kids, it's you and the Orlando Repertory Theater. You know, we talk about going and, and seeing these experiences and get a glimpse into this. They're really impactful. They change lives and theater changed my life, mm-hmm. changed your life, Mary. I know that. Do you have a, just a story maybe you can share with our listeners about a student that that experienced the repertory theater or experienced theater and it, it really changed their life? Oh, absolutely. And it changed my life too, which is why how I ended up in the field that I'm in today, as I imagine many of us around this table are. Um, at the rep a few years ago, we had started a sensory-friendly series, which is a series of performances adjusted specifically for families that have children with Asperger's or on the autism spectrum. And we make a lot of adjustments, things that you would really easily think about, like not having strobe lights or loud, sudden sounds. But there's a lot of other changes that you wouldn't think about to make things a little bit more sensory-friendly for these families and their children. It's things like having the house lights on at 50%, so children are not mm. sitting in a dark space looking at a bright space. It's only selling half of the seats in the theater and allowing families to sit wherever they are feeling comfortable that mm. day instead mm. of having an assigned seat. 
But we also do things like let our box office staff and our cast know you might hear what you think is inappropriate laughter or you might see a family get up and leave after 10 minutes because for that family, 10 minutes was a Mm. victory. Mm. Uh, So we had done a performance of Ivy and Bean the musical some years ago. And there's a a song in the show which uh, is called Sports, Sports, Sports. And I love sports. And it's a bunch of children in a cul-de-sac going on about all the sports that connect them, even though they're very different people. And in the middle of the show, there was a boy who looked to be about nine or ten, and he stood up and he yelled the word sports. And of course, we don't think anything of it. This is what these performances are adjusted for. And, and afterwards, the mother had come up to our box office staff and said, I just want you to know it was my son who stood up and yelled the word sports. And we say, oh, gosh, of course, that's fine. That's fine. We're so glad you enjoyed. She says, you don't understand. He's nonverbal. Mm. That's the first word he's ever said. Oh, wow. my goodness. And we Amazing. know that seeing... Children, children seeing themselves represented on stage empowers them. It helps them find their voice and, and helps them grow in many other ways in life. That is so incredible. That was it, great. When you talk about arts change lives, mm-hmm. there's proof of it right there in that story. That's incredible. So, Vicki, tell us about how we can learn more about the Orlando Repertory Theater. You can visit our website at www.orlandorep.com. <laughs> you can visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat. Um, but we're really excited. We're just about ready to kick off our season here in the next couple of weeks with Disney's Newsies, the musical. Oh, which yeah. will be yeah, that's been massive. all over social media. It's awesome. It will be one of the largest undertakings in terms of cast size, set size, show length we've ever had. So uh, tickets are really flying faster than many other shows I've ever seen. So I encourage people I'll write to it hustle down on now. those. Yeah, Newsies. go see Newsies. And you've put together a fabulous cast for sure. So awesome. And what's happening at the Orlando Ballet? What is the first show that we can go see? And uh, tell us how we can get tickets our first production this year is swan lake the great classic ballet and the philharmonic will be in the pit playing live mm-hmm. yay we're all so glad we're so excited and you can go to www.orlandoballet.org or to the dr Phillips center and uh, purchase tickets and we can't wait so we're very excited it's a beautiful beautiful ballet it's one of the quintessential classical ballets, but it's the music, the, the Tchaikovsky score is magnificent, and we're really, really, really excited to have it played live. Yay, mm-hmm. very cool. Talk about collaborations. They're happening all over this room today. And they've been working for that for a long yeah, time. Yeah, they have. So, And Deirdre, um, also, if people want to come and just take a lesson in the school, and, it's, and that's for all ages, right? Adults can, too. Absolutely. We have lessons for 18 months with baby and me classes all the way up to adults. And we not only have ballet classes, we also have other genre of dance. We have contemporary classes, jazz, tap, hip hop, uh, Pilates and yoga. Wow. There's something for everybody. And for all ages too. Mary, huh? Absolutely. I think we should go take a hip hop class. What do you think? I'm going to take you up on that. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us what's happening at the Orlando Philharmonic. When are you, uh, when are you guys... Uh, starting your season. Okay, so I'm going to make sure that I do not take the rest of our time because this is our <laughs> this is our 25th anniversary Exciting season. Guys, yeah. So there is so much happening this year, and I just have to mention um, the rep is going to be hosting one of our story time programs, the Peter and the Wolf story that we told earlier. They're going to be presenting the Jazz Fly, which is a really fun story that's part of our story time series. And we're actually going to have the author come and visit as part of that. And that's on Sunday, January 28th. And it's at 2 and 4 p.m. at the Rep's Edith Bush Theater. Um, Our official season starts on September 30th uh, with Beethoven 9, which if you've never seen live, 
see it live. Yes. Um, and I just have to say we have a Sunday matinee as well. And the Sunday matinee, if you want really, really, really good seats, that's the time to go. Um, and just bring bring your friends, bring your uh, grandparents, bring anyone you can think of who loves the power of music. And um, and tell us liter- the website. Tell us the website. Uh, absolutely. Orlando Phil, and that's like the name Phil, P-H-I-L dot O-R-G. And literally the day after Beethoven 9 is when we start our run of Young People's Concerts. Wonderful. Ah. So much happening at the Orlando Philharmonic because it's the 25th uh, season. And LaVon, tell us how we can find out more information about the Dr. Phillips Center. So many great shows and events happening. Let me start off by saying drphillipscenter.org. That is our website. Yes, (laughs) and our brand new website just rolled out on yesterday. Oh, congratulations. Very very exciting. It looks great. Very exciting. Thank you. So, and you can get tickets to all these wonderful things on our website. And I just want to say very quickly, um, what you mentioned, Mary, about exposure and life-changing, I totally agree. I think it's so important for students, even at, at every level, to learn something about the arts. We know that it affects uh, test scores and how you do public speaking and all sorts of things, even if you don't pursue the arts. So this is so and wonderful confidence. to see at every level these uh, different these students. Being I love seeing thank the passion so of each person. Here. So Leah and LaVon and Deirdre and Vicki, thank you for your organizations and thank, thank you for you, your thank partnerships you, thank you, thank you. with thank Orange you. County Public Schools. You're making a difference. Come back and hear more. We've got some more to talk about. They have to come back. I, I want them to come back. Each one of you need to come back for sure. Yes. And join us listeners back here on Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. Welcome back, listeners, to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, here with my astute, sagacious, and erudite co-host, Joshua Vickery. I like to watch him giggle when I say that. We're going to have to have our educators tell us even what all that means. I have no idea, Mary, but thank you. He's a cool, smart guy. <laughs> and what a, what a cool, smart program we're having today. Yeah. Uh, on the first two segments, we learned a lot about how our schools are using the arts in their in their rooms and how they're... Um, getting their students interested in art and performing in arts. And mm-hmm. that's so important. And totally. And I, and I was just saying, I think it's, you know, really important that this show more than anything shows the partnerships and collaborations and the power of that in our arts community mm-hmm. when it comes to students and when it comes to families and when it comes to arts education. And I think that that Scott would agree and his team would agree that that is part of the healthiness of making sure that all the kids have access to the arts. 100% mm-hmm. is because of those partnerships and because because of those collaborations. And I think that's probably the biggest thing we can we can really cheer about in this in this conversation. As they say, it takes a village. It really does. It does mm-hmm. take a village. So now, and I'm gonna, just going to tell you, listeners, we're going to have all of these wonderfully talented um, people back on the show because we're not even going to be able to scrape the surface of the work that they do um, with Orange County Public Schools. But we have Anka Pink on the show, who is a resource teacher uh, for elementary music. We have Candice Kea, who is a theater uh, director, a teacher at Howard Middle School. We have Christy Garten, who's a resource teacher for visual arts for K-12. We have Ashley Spiro. She's our hero, uh, who is the resource teacher for dance and theater for K-12. And then David Olson, who is a resource teacher for secondary music. Welcome to all of you. 
Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh, I, listeners, I wish you could, this was a TV show so you could see these bright, smiling faces and mm-hmm. so excited and passionate about our students in, in Orange County. So, Ashley, tell us, um, what does a resource teacher do and why are you guys so important um, to arts education? You know, we have so many important responsibilities, but I think a few of them to highlight, Joshua, would be we're out coaching our new teachers who are brand new for OCPS. We're supporting um, and helping to run big district-wide events that we have, one of them being that Young People's Performance Series. And we're offering awesome professional development to our teachers all year long. That's wonderful. And so what are some, uh, maybe some professional development type things that you would do, Anka, in elementary music? Do you bring in people who are doing it really well in other counties, other places? Like, how do you develop your teachers? So we provide them different options and opportunities throughout the year. Um, one of those could be to bring in an internationally renowned or a nationally renowned person in the field who is a phenomenal educator and they're really truly good at all kinds of things processing teaching the process to teachers Mm -hmm. and working with the students so we bring those people in and we also have phenomenal teachers within our district who are published and amazing educators that we also utilize within the district to share Mm. and is that something that's normal in a school system like do you usually have access to such great professional development like that or is, is is orange county kind of leading the way It's definitely a strong feature for Orange County Public Schools. We really do provide a lot of in-depth professional development year-long, which is not due to resources for many places. It's not a norm. Mm. That's wonderful. Yeah. So, David, do you miss being in the classroom? I mean, I saw you at the um, the arts, uh, State of the Arts event, and you were up conducting all the teachers for the national anthem, and it was wonderful. Uh, But do you miss being with the students? I, I definitely miss being in the classroom with the students. And when I go in and work with teachers and uh, see them work with their students, it's, it definitely tugs at my heart. But knowing that I get to impact a larger group of students by helping our teachers become better at what they do, it, it, it's just mind-blowing to me. And, and I've been given this opportunity to work with all of our teachers and bring, bring their level of skill up. Very cool. What What is the biggest challenge for teachers to take their work to the next level? Um, I would say fine tuning for, for music, uh, fine tuning the ear, uh, really taking time to listen and to get out of the day to day listening of of what's going on around them and listening to professional groups and uh, staying in tune with the professional organization and what's going on around them. And then bringing those fresh ears back into the classroom and, and pushing their students to the next level. Mm. You know, cause it's so easy to get lost in that day-to-day sound if you don't keep your ears fresh that you're, you've lost your, your way. Wow, way. thank mm. you, David. Yeah, that's awesome. And Candace, you're in an arts magnet school, right? Yes. And, and recently in arts magnet school, just over the last few years... Yep. Um, So we actually started about six years ago with the magnet program, and this is the first year that we have gone full magnet. Um, So it's been really interesting to see the change just in the school and the interest in the kids. Um, When I started the program um, back, this is actually the seventh year for the dance program, you know, we were just trying to pull kids to get them into the classes, to fill the classes. And, you know, they kind of had an interest in dance, but you've really gotten to watch um, their passion grow over the years. And that program has just really exploded um, with kids who just want to, you know, continue to pursue it beyond just the middle school classroom. That's great. And you work with a really great team over there with Aaron Penfield and Damon Wiley. And I came over 
probably like five years ago. It was right when you guys first became an arts magnet school Mm -hmm. and Damon was just getting started. I think it was like maybe his first year there. And I I was sitting in the band room. Just I came over to observe. And I'm telling you, the kids were climbing off the walls before the (laughs) class started. I mean, it was like loud and yelling and throwing things. And I'm like, this is going to be a nightmare. And he walked up to that platform and he tapped his baton and the kids immediately stopped talking, went to their seats. It was amazing to Mm, watch. And it really showed the power of discipline Mm. in the arts. Mm -hmm. I was I was shocked by it. So do you th- do you think that the arts teach discipline and like even your dance programs and how are you seeing that change kids structure in their lives? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think when kids know what they're working towards, the buy-in is greater. And so um, for my kids, I know once we have that first recital in the winter and they see how much fun they have performing on stage and get past those initial moments of stage fright, then the buy-in is there. And then they're already asking you, what are we doing for the spring? And they know what they're mm. working towards. Um, so their, their classroom behavior improves because they're all working for that same goal. Oh, nice. That's amazing. And Christy, I have so much respect for you because I literally can barely <laughs> draw a stick figure. I'm People just, always say that. I, I just, I think I can dance a little bit and I can sing a little <laughs> bit and I can toot on a horn, but I can't draw anything. So, um, just tell us about the power of visual arts and, and how many teachers do you invest in or most of your uh, teachers, artists themselves. Uh, talk to us about the people you lead. Um, the the average art teacher, I would say, uh, definitely is a practicing artist themselves. Um, maybe they've created work on their own commission work. Um, maybe they kind of do it at home um, just on the side, but they definitely all have a love and a passion for the arts. Um, and of course, we know how important and powerful not only just the arts, but visual arts are. Um, it, just being giving your students a, a different kind of outlet to express themselves. I've had um, students who have had such low self-confidence and create a work of art and, and the people around him really respond to it. And just it's it's just so inspiring to see the change in that in that student from the confidence in being able to create something like that. Mm, that's amazing. And so is this the full team of resource teachers? Are there any more of you? So you represent 145,000 wow. students, right, that mm-hmm. have access to the arts through really? the work that you're doing. Isn't that we incredible? Are small and mighty. <laughs> small yes, and mighty. Are. I can like feel superheroes. the power. <laughs> yeah, oh, there's the hero thing again. <laughs> it just keeps coming out. So, Ashley, if you could, uh, you know, if every one of your – actually, how many teachers do you guys have in the arts in the arts in Orange County? We have over 650. Wow, wow. 650. Okay, we so – We continuously grow every single year. Yeah, we – um, at last count, we're just about 700. Wow, that's amazing. Okay, so if all 700 teachers were listening to the radio show right now, what would you say to them? You guys rock. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. Why do they rock? I mean, they, why, why are our teachers so important? They're, they're so passionate about what they do. They live, breathe, and eat the arts you know, all, all through 24 hours a day. I mean, they're just immersed in this culture. And it's in their blood. And then they take that and they share that passion with their students. And and you can just see it when they're in the classroom. They're not just reading lessons out of a textbook. I mean, they, they're they really immersing themselves in an arts culture and sharing that with their students. I've met some teachers uh, from Orange County schools that bring in some of their own materials and resources for students to use just because they want them to have an experience of using what I use. And, I, and that's out of their own dime, which... I think it's mm-hmm. amazing. 
Yeah, and, and how many extra hours that your teachers put in that are just countless that people don't even know. It really, really is a lot of it so much a gift of the heart mm -hmm. uh, for, for arts teachers. I, I was a fourth grade teacher for one year. And uh -oh. oh boy, oh boy, I, I, elementary music, I can, I can feel you right yeah. here. So uh, Anka, tell us about um, some of the initiatives that you're trying to instill or uh, what, how are you trying to lead your teachers in that very uh, impressionable time of a child's life in elementary music? What are you trying to help them get out of that? Kids are innately born to move and sing and play and create. That's what they do. And what I love about elementary music education is you can take all of those elements and the kids can enjoy their learning experience. It provides the kids an outlet to really be creative and be their own person. Um, and I always want to encourage those elementary music teachers to continue to foster the love of learning and the love of play with their kids. You, we want them to be music literate. We want them to be able to read and all of those important things which are necessary, but they have to enjoy it if they want to stick with it. Mm. And we have to create that love for the arts so that they will continue to be lovers and consumers of music for the rest of their lives. It's probably not hard to do that either. I'm telling you, when you get up there and you're all dressed up and you are acting a little bit crazy and I, the kids absolutely, they feed off of your love for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You truly set the temperature in your room. Mm -hmm. You really do. And you're in a profession when you're showing the love for what you have. That's almost expected and appreciated. Yeah. The little, As oh opposed my to the math teacher who's crazy about numbers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are definitely there some, are I'm sure. Yeah, there are. are. This could be this some. Yeah, this there could be some. So uh, we had our friends uh, from the Orlando Science Center on last week. And um, we were talking a lot about the power of science, of mm -hmm. course, and it was amazing to hear them talk about how important the arts were to what they do and what they teach, which really validates STEAM, mm -hmm. uh, of course. And, uh, but Ashley, tell us why the arts are as important as science or technology or mathematics or any of those other things. It brings the beauty into it, Joshua. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, the, the chance to express yourself, to, to think creatively. Um, you know, without that, we live in a black and white world, you mm -hmm. know, and um, it just it just brings such beauty and joy, I think, I think mm -hmm. to life. It's like the spice of life. Yes. <laughs> what yes. Somebody said on the show a few, something about um, adults are just kids who want their crayons back. Like, <laughs> I just, like when you said that, it's so true. Like yeah. I, as adults, and I think that's what's so beauty about, beautiful about Orange County Public Schools is that you guys around this table speaking on the show today are committed and dedicated to making sure that every kid can experience the arts in some way so that you capture them before they come to an adult. Mm -hmm. The National mm -hmm. Center for Creative Aging says, yeah, it's important for, um, for aging adults to experience the arts, but if we wait this long, we waited too long. Mm -hmm. We should have gotten them at, at, at mm -hmm. kids and they would have already loved it when they got to be adults. So it's such important work that you guys are doing, really incredible work. So um, Christy, leave us with, with one last uh, parting thought. Uh, when it comes to the visual arts and all your teachers, uh, what are you hoping to accomplish this next year? I am always uh, a great kind of a champion of creating authentic art. Um, not the cookie cutter, you know, follow what I do kind of thing, but really uh, empowering your students and giving them the skills uh, to be able to think creatively to be able to create something that's uniquely their own, that they can be proud of, that says something about them as a person. Um, and it's just, you know, especially in today's day, um, it's, it's so important to be able to be able to express yourself 
um, in ways that are 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 um, positive, mm. um, and and you know really kind of uh, talking about um, you know the idea right now with with all the things that have happened as of recent, you know, fostering that sense of love and creativity mm-hmm. and just. Uh, oneness with everyone in community. So. And arts are such a great way to do that. David, quickly before we go, if we want to go see a, a choral performance or a band performance, how do we go and check out what's next? Um, if you go to ocps.net uh, and click on the calendar link, you will find our Take Me to the Show calendar. Mm. And that's where you will see all of our fine arts events. Take Me to the, the Show calendar. calendar. One more time, the website. ocps.net. Great. And there's a little link on there for all of our calendars. Fantastic. Wonderful. Thank you this, so much this for time being here. flew by way too fast. Way too fast. We're going to have, have all of you back on, but mm-hmm. thank you for the work that you guys do. Thank Mary, what a fun show. Oh, my goodness. I just want every one of them for their own show. I know. That would be <laughs> awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. Listeners, thank you for, for listening to From the Heart. We'll see you next week on Magic 107.7 FM.